everybody. This is the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Sean Harwell. This, of course, is the podcast we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and yours. Thank you, as always, for joining us. It's November. We're excited. And the we is not just me and my shadow. It's my co-host, Craig Moorhead. Please, Craig, will you say something special to our very special listeners? Um... You're not just going to do something special for our very special listeners. You're not just going to say that literally. So, well, I mean, I could, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I know how disappointed you get, how bummed out you get. <laughs> That's true. If I do that, but I want to say, yeah, I want to say hello to everyone in the United States, in Norway, in the Republic mm-hmm. of Korea, the people who mm-hmm. are listening, in uh, Sweden, United Kingdom, Ethiopia, Spain, France, Ireland, also Korea, comma Republic of. I'm not sure what the difference is between those two. But I'm reading so is off that North Korea. I I don't know. I don't know. Oh my God. Um, is the Supreme Leader listening to us right now? Uh, if he has any sense, it's probably just Dennis Rodman. He's probably just over there. Maybe checking it out. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but hello, hello to everyone who's listening. Thank you so much for listening, and and coming and checking us out. You know, uh, as you know, you can hear us here. It would be silly for me to tell you where you can find our podcast because you found that part. <laughs> But, but you can find we do it us anyway online. Sometimes, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We might be somewhere <laughs> different next time. You don't know. You never know. You never know. Um, but uh, you can find us neverpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us. Um, so, so if you feel like there's something you want us to check out, we haven't talked about. We, we, we when we talk, we make a lot of errors. You could correct us. Mm-hmm. That always feels good to correct someone who has a public forum like this um we'll 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 actually we'll actually we'll actually say that we messed up so you can you can do that you guys in Royken in oslo yeah um all you guys we must sound like beavis and butthead in a place like that you know oh i imagine so i i don't think anyone's listening to it for anything other than just the laughs just the the, sheer comedy just yeah these guys think they have a good podcast show. But anyway, uh, how are you doing, Sean? Uh, I got a little bit of a thing. Mm. Um, you can probably tell. Yeah. But uh, other than that, good, man. It's November 1st. Halloween was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The candy was collected, and the dead tax has happened a little bit. Been, been nibbling away at some of the candy. Got to. And uh, I look forward to doing that for another 364 days until we get As to do should. it again. Yeah, yeah, what about yeah you, my kids got a lot of hundred grand bars. They got a lot <laughs> of butterfingers. I'm yeah. I'm pretty set. Sweet. Yeah. I like it. Well, hey, you picked the movies that we're gonna talk about this month and we're gonna tee one of them up today. Do you wanna mm-hmm. tell people uh what movie that is and maybe why you picked it? That's right. Well, yeah, so um the movie we're gonna do today is called Hopscotch. Uh a <laughs> little movie from I don't have my date here. It's 1980, Craig. It's a little movie from 1980, Craig. And uh, the main reason I picked it, what what led me to Hopscotch, is that uh, whether or not you know this, there's a great streaming service called Filmstruck that you can't join anymore because it's going to shut down at the end of November. Yeah. Uh, it's basically full of curated movies, like lots of great movies and uh presented in very very uh nice uh, user interface i would say 
Yes. Uh, I I really like that service a lot. Um, But uh, so, of course, it's going to go away forever. Thanks to AT&T, as I understand it. Yeah. But um but I'm sure they'll they'll fill that void with something that's full of garbage. So that's great. <laughs> uh but in the meantime, we have 30 days left from the time of this po- this recording. Right. We have 30 days in which to make the best use of Filmstruck that we possibly can. But yeah, it is too bad. It's unfortunate. Um whatever you felt about Blockbuster Video closing multiply that by like a hundred as far as level of sadness yeah there's petitions floating around to keep it alive i think they will be in vain however mm-hmm. i did sign one electronically and who knows yeah maybe uh warners will have a great plan for their classic catalog and criterion will find uh another place for their awesome selection but i'm glad you i'm glad you looked through that and found this movie because yeah i've got a lengthy list on there of things that uh, i have not got to yet that i'd like to you knock out as many as I can in that in this month before they shut down. But Hopscotch was not one of them. I didn't know of this movie at all. I didn't know it was on the Criterion. Um, and just from the surface level here, what I learned today, I'm surprised it's on Criterion a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, we looks like we got something uh, fun to get into here. Absolutely, I agree. Let's uh, should we get into it? We should. You want to tell us who made Hopscotch and. Uh, you can pontificate on why they made it, but I'll get into that a little bit too if you want to. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the facts that I know. Okay. And then, and then Fake we'll check news. out. Yeah, we'll check out the the Sean Harwell gossip column. Okay. Cool. So, first of all, uh, we're gonna start with our director of Hopscotch, director Ronald Neem, uh, directed uh, Poseidon Adventure in 1972. He produced Brief Encounter and Oliver Twist. Shot a lot of movies as a cinematographer. Shot a lot of movies. One called To Hell with Hitler. Really? Um, yeah, that I was so sure would be title? like a... Yeah, I thought it would be like a, you know, whatever the US like propaganda movies or whatever about how terrible Hitler was. But it looks like it's just a just a comedy of some kind. I'll check that out <laughs> if I can find it. Sounds hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, to Hell with Hitler. Uh, and then the writers... Of this particular uh, movie, Brian Garfield, who wrote the novel and the screenplay, he also wrote the uh, uh, Death Wish novel. He uh, isn't that interesting. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he 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 has a bunch of um, well that, and I guess he did the story for Death Sentence, unless that was just based on Death Wish, maybe. But but he's got credits on all the Death Wish movies, right? Um, and none of which an, or, adds or up to. Uh... What, no. what I think we're getting from this movie. So, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, and and uh, But he also did the story for the movie uh, The Stepfather, um, okay. which is one of my favorites, 1986. Yeah, yeah if you haven't seen it, man, uh, what a gem. I have it, uh, but I remember you talking highly about it. Too, oh, so. I love it. I love it. I'm sure it's streaming, Sean. Hint, hint. Okay. Not on Filmstruck, though. Still yeah. uh, f- uh, Filmstruck. Not on Filmstruck, though. Uh, Brian Forbes was the other screenplay writer on this. He wrote Chaplin. You remember Chaplin, I believe, from 1992? I do. Uh, He wrote a movie called The Man Who Haunted Himself, which sounds, at the very least, circuitous. (laughs) And then... Uh, and he also, uh... How do you do that? I don't know. I I mean, that's... you got to see the movie just based on the title. 
Okay. Uh, raises a lot of questions. Himself. Yeah. Huh. Uh, he was nominated for an Oscar for a movie called The Angry Silence in 1961. I'm going to throw this out there for both this movie and uh, uh, the, the oh, well, yeah, for the other movie we're doing this month. Uh, there are a lot of movie titles in the credits of these folks behind the camera that I really love because they kind of sound like they're made up titles. And if I'd had a little <laughs> extra time, I was going to start throwing in fake titles just to see if I could get you to guess which was the right title and not like oh the angry God. silence sounds like a fake Oscar movie to me. Angry silence. The angry yeah. silence, but no, it's quite real. Okay. 1961 uh, producers, Edie Landau and Eli Landau. Uh, Edie uh, produced, was producer on Beatlemania and a movie called The Holcroft Covenant with old Michael Caine. That's my Michael Caine, Caine impression. It's good. And uh, Eli Landau uh, produced uh, Three Sisters, Long Day's Journey to Night. Uh, quite, quite a few nice little yeah. movies that didn't involve Walter Matthau, as far as I know. Hmm. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got cinematographers. We've got two cinematographers. Get got, out of here. Mm-hmm, no, I'm serious. Uh, it, that's how much this movie needed. Arthur Ibbotson, he shot 1984's The Bounty. He also shot Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Wow, look at that. Uh, yeah, good looking movie. Brian W. Roy uh, is our other DP. He did a lot of camera and electrical stuff, but uh, one of his uh, uh, shooting credits was the movie Tank from 1984. Do you remember that movie Tank? Oh, man. That sounds super familiar. James Garner. Yes, you know, okay. And I want to say yep. maybe C. Thomas Howell. I mean, I remember going to see that as a kid and not being ready for that story at all. <laughs> it's one of those PG movies that like no one understood was not a kid's movie. Oh, yeah? And Because uh, all I remember is like the, the a lot of the end of it is like somebody shot maybe James Garner's like dying from a gut wound in his tank and I don't know yeah. it, was, it was kind of intense um not super intense but it was like tanks were a very 80s thing yeah know? oh people love tanks yeah, they yeah. anyone if you any of the people listening if you're like born in the 90s one of these uh, millennial kids or whatever man 80s the one thing they'll never tell you we all just had we had tanks <laughs> I mean Dukakis yeah holy cow yeah you just look up Dukakis and then tell me we didn't love tanks right. um our editor is Carl Kress, who cut up the films Towering Inferno, Blood Sport, uh, and Cannonball Run 2, among many, many others. Uh, uh, those and, 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 and television shows, definitely. Uh, music by Ian Fraser, who composed such movies as Zorro the Gay Blade and Star Wars Holiday Special. Whoa. Yes. Even more fun resume, perhaps. Uh, it may be. It may be. That music is definitely fun. Uh, and now we've got, uh, we're starring. Uh, okay. What? Okay. I'm also a little tired. By the way, after trick or treating, uh, we had we had, we had thrown a party, Sean. So Terrible idea. I, yes. And I had to output a show I was working on. Then I had to do all the dishes before I went to bed. So oh. I'm not operating on a lot of sleep right now. Yeah. I wonder, though. You ever did it. Did anyone I mean, listening that's... tell the difference? <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Not in Norway, <laughs> probably. No. No, no. It's just as funny as ever. Um, <laughs> but uh, starring, this is the other reason I chose this movie. I should have mentioned this before. Walter Matthau. I love Walter Matthau. 
I okay. love the idea of him in a movie being chased by spies. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish Walter Matthau was around now just to do like these Liam Neeson action movies. You know what I mean? Kind of. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. That would be very, at least very distinct. Yeah. But, um, uh, Walter Matthau, of course he was in the bad news bears. He was in the odd couple. He's in too many good things. The fortune cookie. If you've never seen the fortune cookie, please seek that out. Cause that's one of the best Walter Matthau movies. Um, Glenda Jackson from women in love Sunday, bloody Sunday. I've seen a neither. Uh, but I feel like I should correct that. Yeah. Sam, yeah. Same. Have you seen either same. one of those? No, yeah. same. Yeah. But uh, titles that all, all, like, come up all the time. Uh, Sam Waterston from Law & Order. I think all of them. I'm not sure. But he <laughs> yeah. is in a lot of Law & Order. He's also in that great insurance commercial on Saturday Night Live uh, about how old people need, need insurance against robots. Yes, robot attacks. I remember that, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, that's really... I love Sam Waterston just for that. Ned Beatty from such movies as Deliverance and Superman. And Herbert Lom. And I'm not really sure exactly who Herbert Lom is, but I decided to include him on the cast list from Spartacus. He was in the dead zone. I think that's probably the main reason I put him in there. Cause okay. I love the movie, the dead zone and Tons of great people in the cast. Those are the ones I really uh, found um, interesting and familiar. Although I will point out there's another Mathow on the list. So we've got a lot of Mathows. Yeah, I'm going to get into that a little bit. Yeah, um, and I, I'd, I'd love for you to, to uh, explain the Mathows. It looks like Herbert Lom plays a Russian character mm-hmm. named Mikhail Yaskov. So that should be fun to watch. That sounds about right. I'm guessing with a name like Herbert, he himself is not actually Russian. <laughs> but I could be wrong. Not, no. Could be wrong. Uh, anything else, Craig? Nope, that's all my folks. So okay. uh, yeah, hit awesome. us with the, with the truth. Cool, cool. Well, I'm going to start actually with the name Brian Forbes that you mentioned as receiving another screenwriting credit. Uh, aside from Brian Garfield, who wrote the novel. And I didn't even realize that, but his name did pop up in my research because he was originally supposed to direct this movie. And I don't think you mentioned The Stepford Wives, but he also directed that, the original version of that. And um, it said that he withdrew because of another project, which was most likely at least... The other movie he made in 1980 was Sunday Lovers with Gene Wilder and Roger Moore, which... Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like a good odd couple, too. Um, yeah. So might have to look into that. Uh, but then, yes, he was replaced by Ronald Neem. And originally, Garfield intended the movie to actually be much closer to his novel, which actually is a dark thriller. Um, so maybe the Death Wish thing makes a little more sense as far as that connection. Mm-hmm. And at one time, Warren Beatty and Jane Fonda were both attached, which would have been ginormous different. for yeah. that time. Um, but it says that Warren Beatty had a falling out with Warner Brothers and the project fell apart, which that's, that just would be heartbreaking. Can you imagine? Yeah. You know, it's no. nothing that you did with your project. It's just, yeah, yeah I guess he doesn't want to work with he Warner Brothers the studio anymore. now. Yeah. So it sucks. Uh, it says that Garfield wrote over 26 drafts of the script during the six years he tried to get it going. Um, it moved around a lot, fell through several times until he met, met excuse me, 
the aforementioned Eli Landau, who helped get it moving finally. And Mathau and director Neem came aboard only um, if they would all agree to make the film a bit more of a dry comedy because, yeah, it's Walter Mathau. That's what he does. He's like the king of that stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, this is the first of (laughs) many notes where Mathau just kind of got his way with this movie. Um, So, yeah, it sounds like Garfield, you know, rewrote the script, and I'm sure that was one of many of the 26 drafts that he did. And then supposedly Mathau improvised all his dialogue anyway. You know, hey, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, shooting took 11 weeks. They shot in Savannah, Georgia, and Atlanta, uh, England. They hopped to Munich, Germany, and Salzburg, Austria. Uh, Mathau, who lost family and friends in the Holocaust, would only agree to travel to Germany uh, for the opening Oktoberfest scene on the condition that his son, David Mathau, was cast as the character Ross. Um, yep. Said that then Walter still resisted filming scenes showing him drinking at Oktoberfest unless they hired his stepdaughter, Lucy Saroyan, to play the role of Carla. And I think she is a pilot in this film of a seaplane. And there's even a little, I guess, inside jokey line of dialogue where she says something about how Mathau resembles her father the character does yeah so look for that uh mathau also was the one that suggested glenda jackson apparently he had just worked with her on the movie house calls and uh mathau's agent i guess probably not so subtly let it be known that you know if the movie included music by uh amadeus by mozart you know that would be really pleasing to mathau who's i guess a big aficionado so sure enough, Craig, this character is a lover of Mozart. We can look forward to that. And yes. Matthew even made a suggestion about which piece to play during a scene where he's typing, and I guess they struggled to find the right music. But it wasn't just all about Matthew. So yeah, Sam Waterston, as you mentioned, was in this movie. Uh, but he showed up late, and you want to know why? Because Sam Waterston sleeps in. <laughs> he does not have a clock. Mm-hmm. Now, he was making... Uh, the movie Heaven's Gate, which is the infamously oh, yeah. massively over budget film that <laughs> kind of killed the the '70s director's run uh, stint that that happened through Hollywood there. Um, but I loved the, the quote in the in the IMDb trivia was like uh, his role ran much longer than anticipated, which was well, that's an understatement, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I guess by the time that he like went and made this movie, and it was just like a direct turnaround. Uh, he was so exhausted that they made mention of it in the movie. So there's people that come up to his character and say something about, oh, man, you look awful. And he says he blames it on jet lag. So uh, I think that happens twice in the movie. We can look for that. Uh, the movie came out September 26, 1980. I was a young three and a half years old. Oh, yeah. I remember going to the theater and not watching Hopscotch. No, I'm sure it didn't. I don't know. I'll be curious to see if this played in my hometown. I'm doubting it. Uh, Taglines, together they're dynamite, apart they're deadly. I think that's Jackson and Mathau there, the there mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Miles Kindig knows too much. I like that. That's like, you can't go wrong with that as a tagline, right. right? It's just simple to the point, you know, what does he know? He knows too much. Uh, lastly, the most dangerous man in the world. He's about to expose the CIA, the FBI, the KGB, and himself. Yeah, I saw that one. 
That's on a lot of the posters, yeah. It seemed it seemed like that was <laughs> implying something that it wasn't necessarily implying. There could be some uh, indecent exposure. There could be some penile shots of Matt right. in this movie is what I'm getting Like, if at. he's a flasher, then that <laughs> tagline works beautifully. Yeah. I mean, this one yeah. poster I'm looking at right now, it has that, and he's just, like, sitting at a desk. But he is wearing a bathrobe. So yeah. you can only assume he's naked from the waist down, but, you know, beneath that. I always anyway, do. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this goes hand in hand with uh, the movie in Germany was also known as Agent Poker. Um they have that spelled as one word. Works for me. Poker. Cool. Agent okay. poker. Love uh, it. In France, it was jeu d'espion. Oh. Which uh, I think was spy game. Couldn't find a budget for this movie. Not surprising. Those are hard to come by sometimes from this era. Uh, but it did make around $13 million, which was good for number 54 on the year, according to a movie site called thenumbers.com, which I was not familiar with. It's very similar to mm-hmm. Box Office Mojo, but Box Office Mojo, I couldn't find this movie at all. They didn't even have it in the in the list of movies that year, so uh, who knows? But uh, it, it does look like it would have, if it made $13 million, it should have been right around the 54, 53, 55 spot on the year. Uh, top 10 of 1980. I, uh, you want to guess number one? I bet you can if you think about it for a second. I'm it's sure a sequel. I'm going to give you a hint there. Sequel. Oh, well, uh, Empire. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, by a massive amount of money. Uh, right. But number two was Nine to Five. You got Stir Crazy, Airplane, Any Which Way You Can, Private Benjamin, Coal Miner's Daughter, Smokey and the Bandit 2. You talked about that. The Blues Brothers, Ordinary People. Uh, and then Popeye, The Blue Lagoon, Urban Cowboy, The Shining, Cheech and Chong's next movie, Caddyshack, and Friday the 13th. Rounded out the top, uh, I think, 16 there. It's a pretty a good list there. Time. What yeah. a beautiful time that was. Yeah. yeah. Friday 13th was uh, making a lot of money that year. Yeah. Uh, the Oscars that year, uh, this is a big year for film nerds because, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Empire got like one Oscar for sound mixing. And, uh, you know, of course, De-, uh, De Niro got Best Actor for Raging Bull. A Raging Bull loss to Robert Redford's movie, Ordinary People, which I think is a very good movie. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, it will not be remembered as long as uh, Raging Bull will likely be remembered in the annals of, of film history. But uh, nonetheless, that's a debate for another time. Uh, Sissy Spacek won for Coal Miners. Tim Hutton won for Supporting and Ordinary People. Uh, Mary Steenburgen won for Supporting Actress in Melvin and Howard. Uh, yeah, Robert Redford won Best Director. Bo Goldman won Best Screenplay for Melvin and Howard. And Alvin Sargent won for Adaptation. Uh, can't help but got to mention Thelma Schoonmaker, uh, amazing editor, won for Raging Bull. Uh, Hopscotch won zero Oscars. Craig didn't oh. get nominated. It did get a nomination for Golden Globe. Walter Matthau, Best Actor in a Comedy Picture. Hmm. He didn't win. I don't. I don't know what won. I gotta look that up. Anyway, uh, it seemed like the movie got a pretty good critical reception. Time of release. Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Said, "quote It's a shaggy dog thriller that never really thrills us very much, but leaves a nice feeling when it's over." That's partly because <laughs> of the way. I know it's a uh, back end a compliment a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, partly because of the way Walter Matthau fools around with dialogue until he wears it well, and partly because the movie is shot at a measured civilized, whimsical pace. 
It's a strange thing to say about a thriller, but hopscotch is, ellipsis, pleasant. That is that is an odd thing to say about a thriller. Yeah, that's a uh, kind of an odd thing to say about any movie. It's like, how was that movie? It was pleasant. It was very pleasant. You know. Yeah. No, we'll it doesn't see. seem like. Yeah, it's not gonna make you see it necessarily. Yeah. Uh, over time, uh, it seems like it's got a good following. Criterion.com on their site there for the listing of this movie. Uh, quote, set to the sounds of Mozart, this lighthearted send-up of the paranoid dramas of its era is an expertly crafted singular take on the spy movie in the AV Club. Talked about this movie as well as another movie that Roger Neem directed called The Horse's Mouth from 1958, which starred Alec Guinness. That sounds really cool. I'm kind of interested in checking that out. Mm-hmm. But it's said that, you know, Matthau in this movie was kind of the quintessential Neem protagonist. Logic-defying, dizzying, and in perpetual motion, which that's kind of exciting me too because I don't know. I don't think about Walter Matthau being in perpetual motion and like anything no. that I've seen. So I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Um, I don't know how far you looked down the cast list, but this movie, just a little bit of miscellaneous trivia here, was the film debut of Yolanda King, which was Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter. Um, oh, I did not. I did yeah, not I think that. it's a very small small moment but uh yeah important nonetheless and look for it imdb Uh, says if you like this movie here's some more movies you'll (laughs) like house cause that was the movie that mathal made with um the woman whose name i'm blanking on craig glenda jackson oh yep there you go sorry glenda uh charlie varick you're gonna like that the fortune cookie first monday in october the sunshine boys and a new leaf uh, those are all Mathau movies. Now, A New Leaf, do you know that movie? I don't. I didn't either, but... So, uh, it's a comedy with Elaine May, and the, the the brief description, I think, that was in IMDb said that he's basically, like, broke, and he's been a bit of a playboy, and when he finds out that he's broke and he can't live this lifestyle, he decides to marry a rich woman and murder her. The movie was also rated G. Whoa, What? Yeah. Now, I don't know. I mean, this may have been before they really started, you know, kicked up the the movie yeah. ratings here, but I don't know. I'm going to look into that a little bit more and see if that's maybe one we should put on Different our list. times. Now, here's some sad news, Craig. I'm sorry. On the day this movie was released, September 26, 1980, 13 people were killed and over 200 injured from an IED that was placed uh, as part of a terrorist attack at the entrance to Oktoberfest in Munich, Germany. Um, that's interesting, A, because I believe this movie opens at Oktoberfest. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and it says the attack was attributed to a right-wing extremist and geology student named Gundolf Kohler, who was killed while placing the explosive device. However, doubts remain as to whether he acted alone. Attempts to reopen the investigation in the years following the bombing have not been successful. My question is, if there's a movie coming out, let's say, uh, this weekend, Mm -hmm. and there's a terrorist attack the same day in the same place that's in the very first scene of your movie, does that movie get pulled from theaters? I mean, maybe now it does. Yeah. I think it it probably, it probably would just out of respect, at least for like a day or two. Yeah. You know? But I, but I also kind of feel like for probably for most audiences then... Still a horrible story that would definitely hit people hard. But you got to remember, like, they'll only hear about it once. 
they only hear about it once. And if they they like read the paper the next day right. or watch the nightly news, which not everybody's going to do, especially if you're out at the mo- at the theater watching this movie. Right. So <laughs> right. Yeah, a totally different time, and yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't fault anybody for keeping the movie in the theater. But I just thought it was interesting. I was just like, well, uh, yeah, I don't know if it would be treated the same way today. I'd be curious. I know a lot yeah. of movies got pushed around uh, post-9-11 um, for, sure. for various reasons. So anyway, that's all I got for Hopscotch. We hopped. Now we just got to watch it. Hop and scotch, now we watch. Um, this movie is also available outside of Filmstruck, so yeah, if you're not... In, in the in the in the club there you can find it at various places online at least to rent if not to stream you would be wise to check it out it's an hour and 46 minutes it is rated r i'm, I'm looking forward to some good sort of spy send-up adventure here yes. uh, in that r-rated range starring with walter Matthau. i think that's gonna be pretty cool and uh i'm glad you picked it craig thank you i'm glad i picked it too <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to say uh, in your last words before we say goodnight? Uh, No, I think Walter Matthau speaks for himself. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.